0: I'm Afshan Ratansi and welcome back to Going Underground, broadcasting all around the world from the UAE. The entire global south is aghast in horror as NATO nation multi-million dollar weaponry rains down on the besieged Gaza Strip. But in Beijing, another world is trying to be born at tomorrow's third Belt and Road Forum for International Cooperation. This in stark contrast to NATO's wars and Joe Biden's India-Middle East-Europe economic corridor unveiled as a counterbalance to China with much fanfare at the recent New Delhi G20 meeting. Someone who will be at the Beijing Forum tomorrow is Hussein Askari, vice chairman of the Belton Road Institute. He's also Southwest Asia coordinator at the Schiller Institute and he joins me from Stockholm in Sweden. Hussein, thanks so much for uh, coming on the show. I've got the, the book that you wrote a few years ago, Extending the New Silk Road to West Asia and Africa. But of course, while tomorrow may be this uh, third uh, forum, uh, I'm sure it can't have escaped you that uh, NATO Nation propaganda media says it's basically a failure. Italy is leaving. China's partners are all in debt. China's uh, property market is uh, collapsing. Would you probably say actually that uh, propaganda may be symptomatic of its success? And will that be discussed tomorrow? You're going to be there.
1: Yes. Uh, thank you, Afshin, for having me. It's my pleasure. Uh, yes, yeah, sure. I mean, all these predictions uh, since 20- I think year 2000, China has collapsed many times, according to these uh, 2 sayers, uh, you know, predicting China's fall and collapse. It has been going on for 20 years. This is not going to happen. Uh, China has a completely different structure, economic structure, and other. But China's own growth and development is dependent on the growth and development in the world, which is an interesting, actually, factor we can discuss. But this uh, Belt and Road Forum uh, tomorrow is a very, very important uh, culmination of a series of uh, summits uh, involving mostly this global south. Uh, Remember, we had the the, uh, Russia-Africa summit. We had the China-Africa summit this year. uh, We had the BRICS summit, which now incorporates uh, new members, uh, a very, very significant uh, development. Uh, Also, the uh, end of last year, we had the China-Arab uh, summit and China Gulf Cooperation Council Summit. Now, all these things involve China. And all these things, in co- the Belt and Road Initiative is is incorporated in all these uh, developments. Now, it's important to remind people that the Belt and Road Initiative is, I think it's going to be history's greatest and uh, biggest uh, development initiative uh, in scope and also depth uh, that uh, we have seen uh, so far. I think the the most important issues which will be presented I I guess is first of all is that that we have now the 10th anniversary that it will be a demonstration of the achievements of the Belt and Road Initiative the last 10 years, all the projects which were built, all the developments, but also the resilience of the Belt and Road in the face of all these uh, doomsday uh, predictions. Uh, Despite all the vilification and the the negative uh, media and attacks political attacks on the belt and road it's uh, increasing in membership now we have 152 nations uh, joining that and 30 international organizations so the nations who are outside the belt and road are actually today a minority uh it's important to, i think to note that the belt and road initiative has established a new model for transboundary international cooperation based on economic cooperation economic development without in, uh, affecting without interfering in the, on the sovereignty of nations, on the political, social, and cultural structures of nations, which makes it unique that these nations agree on certain more universally accepted principles that are related to the economic development and growth, eliminating poverty, and aligning the policies, coordinating the policies to reach the goal, the um, sustainable uh, development goals of yeah all okay but,
0: but the thing is that the thing is that uh, i mean obviously nato propaganda media is not going to mention the bandung jakarta high speed railway as they discuss um, the fact the inventors of railway britain can't even have a high speed rail link from london to the to the north of england but what do you say about the fact that the washington imf had to bail out sri lanka which owes china 41 billion dollars and the fact that uh, total bailout loans from China between 2008, 2021, are $240 billion. Look at Argentina, look at uh, Pakistan, Ghana, Zambia in default. Uh, the Belt and Road is not uh, uh, going uh, the way that the Chinese Communist Party predicted it in quite a few countries as they fail.
1: I think there is a mixing of uh, apples and oranges here. Uh, we have a global financial crisis. And the most affected nations are the United States and Europe and Britain, as everybody can notice. We have an international financial and banking system, which is not based on economic development and growth. It's based on financial speculation, gambling, uh, which has ruined many nations. Uh, And now we have had a series of crises, including the Ukraine crisis, the COVID-19 crisis, which put many, many nations into harsh economic and financial Situations. It has nothing to do with China, it has nothing to do with the the Belt and Road Initiative. These nations, which everybody is talking about now, Sri Lanka, Pakistan, Zambia, uh, many nations in Africa, they have been in these difficulties a long time ago. And the real debt trap was actually set up before China and the Belt and Road came onto the sea. Uh, These nations have seen their economies being exploited by the former colonial uh, powers, there were civil wars. There was terrorism. There is the COVID-19. Nobody pays attention to these things. We did the thorough investigations on the cases of Sri Lanka, Pakistan, and Zambia, and the causes of their crisis have nothing to do with China. China's portion of the debt of these nations in Sri Lanka, for example, is only 10 percent. And on top of that, the 10 percent China is 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 uh, has loaned to uh, Sri Lanka. Is to finance infrastructure projects will make Sri Lanka come out of its crisis. While the 90% debt incurred by Sri Lanka, belonging to Western private and multilateral financial interests, is not has not contributed to any growth of the Sri Lankan government. It was yes, due, but
0: but that debt know, still exists, debt. and isn't the point that uh, the fact that. Uh, Uh, the Belt and Road may be succeeding in so many other countries away from all that propaganda. Will delegates tomorrow understand that it is in the interests as uh, the hawks in Washington see it to uh, destroy all the progress created by the Belt and Road Initiative? We've seen uh, what the United States did to Kirchner in Argentina. We've seen uh, what Imran Khan claims in Pakistan happened to him and we've seen Nord Stream pipelines. (laughs) being destroyed by the Biden administration. So will delegates fully understand at this conference in Beijing that the United States said, after Ukraine, China. That's what Ukraine is about. They'll destroy the infrastructure that uh, everyone will be excitedly discussing tomorrow.
1: Well, I think the reason these nations have come to Beijing uh, to attend the forum tomorrow, because they believe that this is an important uh, aspect of their future economic development, and uh, uh, which can also lead to peace internationally. I don't believe that it's in the interest of the United States and Europe, the EU, to destroy uh, China, to destroy the Belt and Road. Actually, it's in their interest to
0: promote... Well, we've and seen, help. Sorry to interrupt, we've seen the European Union arguably act against its economic interests repeatedly as it followed uh, the United States from one war into another. And all China ever does is... Uh, issue harsher and harsher words against US foreign policy we see that from uh, statements made by a Chinese government spokesman but you know look at what the United States is doing in the Philippines this year does the Chinese communist party even understand how many US bases surround it let alone surround all the infrastructure projects around the world
1: yes we have a very dangerous and tense security and military situation in the world which is uh, because of the aggressive policies of NATO and the United States. And uh, the difference in philosophy, this is where the whole issue of the Belt and Road, it's, it's a new philosophy of governance among nations, where it is that the prosperity of China is dependent on the prosperity of other nations, including the United States. Now, this is gonna be a, a, a huge upheaval of the governance philosophy we have had, the zero sum games, the geopolitical manipulations, It's not in the interest of the United States that China and the Belt and Road fails. This is something which surprises and shocks the Chinese people. Why Europe and the United States are acting against their own interests? Well, of course, they don't realize that we have certain elites in Europe and the United States who are not really serving the people of of their nations, but they are serving special economic and financial and security military industrial interests. This is something very important for the Chinese to understand. Because every time they they see what the United States is doing, they see why this is counterproductive. Why are they doing this? So we have a shift in the global situation. At the end of the day, reality will be the judge, not what politicians, what strategists talk about. Because the the realities of the economic, social and financial collapse and cultural collapse in the West and in, in Europe, for example, and in the United States, this will be determining factors and the success of china and its allies its neighbors the asean countries uh and many of its uh, economic partners this will prove the uh, you know at the end of the day which way the world has to go look we have had this fantastic development with the brics uh we had the shanghai cooperation organization expanding more and more nations want to join that there's a completely new paradigm in international relations which those nations are you know, uh, hoping to join because they have lost all faith and hope in this so-called unipolar world which the United States and NATO and the EU have been leading. We don't know when the United States and EU will wake up to that reality, but the rest of the world, the majority of the world, the global majority, people call the global south, is moving already into a different direction. The only thing which will stop it is a cataclysmic uh, event, such a world war, which will be fought by nuclear weapons. Otherwise, this new global economic order which China is leading, Russia is there, the BRICS nations are there, the ASEAN country, Asia is there, and now the Arab countries are moving that direction, Africa is moving that direction, many countries in South America are moving that direction. Nothing can stop that unless we have a global
0: war. And well, this is I'll, I'll, get I'll get to the issue of war. I'll get to the issue of war, but you mentioned cultural collapse. You see, elite uh, uh, control of media and uh, culture in NATO nations is so strong that uh, many ordinary working people do perceive China as an enemy, partly because of the propaganda in their daily news, and of course with the aid of Hollywood. Is, does China understand how it not only subverts? Any message that you might have given uh, just now, in the developing world, where America is still seen, the United States is still seen as, a, uh, as progressive in some way, rather than regressive, it, develop, it subverts the developing world, let alone, maybe even in China, let alone the working classes of NATO countries. So actually, they're quite unified uh, in NATO countries and the United States behind their model of, as you see it, self-destruction.
1: Yeah, that's unfortunate and it's uh, terrible, but I think there will be shifts even in in Europe and the United States as people will realize that this is is suicidal. What Germany is doing is suicidal for the German industries. Many German industries are fleeing the country. They are moving to Asia, moving to the United States, moving to the Gulf countries, because they find out that their politicians are going to kill them. And therefore, they have to find somewhere else to to survive. Now, how how much pressure from the population will come forth to force a political change in the United States and in in Europe, it's it's not clear. The elections in the United States will be very, very important. But I think the majority of people around the world have realized that the United States and Europe, especially with the COVID crisis, which all the weaknesses of their, their power was exposed. And now with the Ukraine war, even more exposed they are, they are enabled that the, these mighty powers are not really able to do anything uh, to, for example, defeat Russia, and the the rest of the world now realizing that this is a, a straw man in the field, uh, which it is scary, but it is, has very little substance. And you know, it's it's a sad state of affairs. But but nations and look what is
0: happening in West Africa. Hussein Askari, I'll stop you there. More from the vice chairman of the Belt and Road Institute in Sweden and Southwest Asia, coordinator of the Schiller Institute after this break. (music) Welcome back to Going Underground. I'm still here with the vice chairman of the Belt and Road Institute in Sweden, Hussein Askari. Hussein, you were about to talk about West Africa, where there's been a lot of developments, obviously, uh, this year against uh, French imperialism. But uh, you were also talking about the threat of global war that could stop the dreams uh, being talked about at tomorrow's uh, Belt and Road uh, Forum for International Cooperation. Can can the Shanghai Cooperation Organisation add to Belt and Road and replace, um, well, can it beat NATO? basically, in the context of uh, what you're saying about war?
1: Yeah, I don't think the Chinese and Asian nations and the Shanghai Corporation, they see themselves as a, a rival which have to destroy the West. They don't want to have that. China has been... Yeah, I didn't mean
0: about destroying the West, I meant protecting the Belt and Road Initiative. As I said said before, we know how they destroy infrastructure from the Nord Stream Pipeline supplying natural gas from Russia to Germany. Every railway line, every road, every belt that is created with Chinese investment and partnership with developing world uh, governments is surely under threat.
1: It is under threat, but nations are trying to protect themselves. Look at Pakistan, for example. The, the Chinese engineers who have been active building the power plants, the roads, the ports have been under attack uh, many, many times. Many of them were killed by terrorist groups, separatist groups who are working you know, for other interests. But they never gave up because this is a, 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 an existential question for both Pakistan and China. So. It's very interesting because the Chinese side is, is, is proving that really uh, security comes through economic development, not the other way around. If you don't have economic development, if you don't have prosperity in a society, you cannot be secure.
0: Wait, but don't and you think very, every very time important. China, I mean, I was in Damascus interviewing uh, President Assad, people go watch our interview on Rumble. China was just making efforts to uh, invest in reconstruction there and uh, the United States' allies were airily bombarding it. Um, As you said, in Pakistan, can they not uh, inspire proxies as they have in the past? Uh, Terrorists, uh, as they're even called in uh, NATO Nation media. Um, Can they not get them to destroy... Things are changing.
1: Uh, Yeah, things are changing. Uh, uh, Look, for example, at the symbolic gesture when the Chinese president sent his own presidential airplane to transport President Bashar Assad and First Lady to China for the summit recently. This is a shift in the that you cannot threaten and threaten the security of our friends. Now, these are not allies. The Chinese don't like to have allies. They like to have friends. But China is, is drawing a line there. Yeah, but they they're say, clearly
0: threatening the security, regardless of that visit to Beijing. Because Joe Biden occupies a third of the country there, and it has all the energy in northern Syria.
1: That's true. The reason that they are capable of doing that is because Turkey, uh, which is a NATO member, but also have not decided which way it wants to go. And Iraq is an unstable country. So when these things, when these nations start to think about their own future, they will shift and the United States will not have people to rely on. To continue this policy, Look at you really Saudi
0: don't America, think they have example. people to rely on in the elites of developing world nations who uh, may school their own children at Western business schools and uh, want their children to be educated in uh, NATO nations. They they don't have enough in the elites of all these developing countries doing Belt and Road initiatives that actually favor the neoliberal model over the uh, Chinese well, model.
1: Yeah, well, those those leaders, for example, and their children are being overthrown in West Africa right now. Those who are loyal to France and Britain and the United States are being overthrown, and there's a new generation there which is, you know, taking over. Look, there are more Africans getting education in China today than Africans getting education in Britain and the United States. China has surpassed those two countries already in 2018. Only France is still ahead of China for historical reasons. So nations, people will send their children, their elite children, actually to China or probably to Russia and other places where they will get their education in the future because they realize that the West is hopeless. The only thing the West is doing is taking advantage of them. So there is a reality. We have to talk about the economic realities of nations. This is what really determines everything at the end. Saudi Arabia, the Gulf countries have been loyal friends and allies of the West, but look at the shift which has taken place, because those nations can no longer live with the fact that they are dependent. Every morning they have to look at the oil price on TV screen if they're going to survive this month or not. There were three major oil shocks in the, in this decade, in 2014, 2016, and 2020, when Saudi Arabia, the largest oil export, was on the brink of going bankrupt. And you know what that means socially and in security terms. So Saudi Arabia have decided that they're no longer going to go with the old system where they can sell oil and buy luxury stuff and food and so on. They want to become an industrial nation. And who is ready there with the engineering, scientific, technological capability to help them become an industrial nation? It is China. And that's why in the last year's summit between China and Saudi Arabia. There are 30 major cooperation agreements and very, very important, sophisticated deals. Listen to the speech given by President Xi Jinping in his summit with the Gulf Cooperation Council leaders. There are five points which I would like to draw people's
0: attention to. Very quickly.
1: No, I will not mention them all of them, but very quickly, Besides, people focus too much on China wants to buy oil in the local currency, in yuan, from the Gulf countries from now until 2060. This is very important. But President Xi Jinping talked about industrialization, 5G, 6G communication systems, cloud technologies, space cooperation, technology in space, training astronauts, nuclear power development. So on and so forth. To
0: which, of course, course, given that uh, NATO nation media is, uh, you know, even showing uh, US politicians talking about the war in Ukraine really being about the future war on China, it's simultaneously talking about uh, the fact that Joe Biden's um, uh, India-Middle East-Europe economic corridor, IMEC, is going to somehow, you know, make the Belt and Road Initiative some small footnote in history. Is it actually true that it ends in Piraeus Port, which is controlled by the Chinese government? Just describe quickly what this uh, uh, Biden initiative, which is being celebrated in NATO propaganda media like the BBC and CNN, actually is.
1: Well, those those BBC and CNN, they don't know anything about economics, unless does President Biden and the, uh, Ursula von der Leyen. Very, they know very little about Uh, economics and very little about geography now China does not control the port of Piraeus Uh, China is operating the port of Piraeus in cooperation with the Greek government China is not an imperialist country they took the Piraeus port which was for sale The, the EU forced Greece to sell the port of Piraeus to pay its debt China came in and developed it. Now, China is also building the railways. Everybody's talking about it, this uh, India, Middle East, uh, Europe uh, corridor. China is building the railways to Eastern Europe and
0: Central Europe. That that didn't make it into the news. That didn't make it into the news, obviously, that China was a central part of it. Nor did it make any news in the Biden, perhaps Blinken...
1: The United Arab Emirates, China is involved in building the the Etihad rail uh, network. China is involved in the Saudi Landbridge project. China built two major ports in Israel, in Haifa and Ashdod, and so on and so forth. So okay, if, but
0: what about uh, Biden and Blinken's Build Back Better World and Partnership for Global Infrastructure Investment? Is all, are all these just PR schemes by NATO nations uh, helped by their yes, propaganda media uh, to try and attempt uh, to make out they Absolutely. can compete with Belt and Road?
1: Absolutely. They, uh, you, look, if you want to compete with the Belt and Road, you should build better and faster railways. You should build better and more efficient power plants. You should build better and more efficient ports and airports. The United States and Europe are unable to do these things anymore. They cannot finance them. They cannot build them. They don't have the engineering and skill capacity with China has to do these things. So this is not the way to compete. These are just propaganda things. This is the seventh or eighth initiative launched. It is not the first one, and all these things are like hot air, has no substance. You know, uh, when I well, when actually, I on, on the other thing, issue of no, no
0: substance, have they given up on the uh, on this uh, Xinjiang genocide story that uh, we covered on Going Underground as a as a lie? Uh, have they given up on talking about this uh, fake genocide in NATO? Nation? Yeah,
1: it's fading away. I call it the silliest genocide in history, because for the first time, the victims of genocide are growing in number, and their living conditions are improving. This is a very silly kind of genocide. And therefore, you know, the, the even companies who were trying to flee Xinjiang, uh, they have to go back and work in China. I was in China recently. Look, who, the big guys in the high tech and the banking and so on. These are big American, and British, and European banks and companies. Everybody knows if that if they want to prosper, if they want to have their business, they have to work with China. Now, this uh, whole situation in Ukraine has put a big problem for working with Russia, but uh, the door is still open to China. And uh, one of the interesting things I should mention here is that uh, you know politicians don't live in reality. When the Ukraine war broke out, uh, many think tanks and media in the West said, oh, Mr. Putin killed the Silk Road, which they mean that there is this important railway from China, which transits through Central Asia, Kazakhstan, Russia, Belarus into Poland. This has become one of the most important transport arteries for industries on both ends in China and Europe, especially the auto industry and many sophisticated industries. Now everybody was said, oh, when uh, the 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 war in Ukraine started, they said this is finished, it's gone. I was almost the only one. I went and and, and studied, investigated the whole thing, and I said, no, 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 it's not finished. This is going to actually continue and grow, because Europe cannot survive without this, and therefore they did not put sanctions on the Russian and Belarus railway uh, com- companies. So the the trains continue to go from China to Europe, from Europe to China. There was a short disruption in the beginning of the war through two, three months. But then it continued and increased, as I predicted. Now, listen to this. The EU are right that 90% of the rare earth metals used in Europe come from China. How do they come? In a quick way, they come through this railway, which goes passes through the nose of the Russians and Belarus into Poland. Many of the rare earth metals are used in the arms industry in Europe, including anti-tank ammunition used in the war in Ukraine against Russia. All these materials, they pass from China through Russia to Belarus and to Europe, and they continue to do that until today. That's reality. Reality is not determined by politicians. European industries, especially in Germany, will not survive without working with China and without keeping the door open through Belarus and Russia. This is my big argument that we have a physical economic reality and politicians are not in reality. If you want to talk about the economic realities, talk to businessmen, talk to industrialists, how they see the thing, how things are moving between East and West, how interdependent and entangled the global supply chains are. This is what the Chinese are trying to get people to understand. You cannot decouple. You cannot disentangle yourself. Otherwise, you will—you uh, are committing suicide.
0: Hussein Askari, thank you. And that's it for the show. Remember, we're bringing you brand new episodes every Saturday and Monday. And until then, keep in touch via all our social media if it's not censored in your country and head to our channel, Going Underground TV on Rumble.com to watch new and old episodes of Going Underground. See you soon.